beautiful wife, Cheryl, stand. Can we welcome Cheryl this morning? Let's give Cheryl a great big hand. He's got a daughter, Kristen, and a son, Brandon. And uh, Pastor Willie, we won't give you as much time as you can take here. you got about 30 minutes. No. <laughs> I love you, Pastor Willie. We're so honored to have you. Pastor Willie is a great man of faith. He's a great man of God, and he has a word of the Lord for City Church today. So I want you to open your hearts. I want you to welcome Pastor Willie Parrish to the City Church platform. Thank you, brother. Appreciate that. Thank you, brother. There we go. Thank you so much. Good morning. Good morning, everyone else. Good to be with you this morning. We uh, certainly appreciate uh, Pastor Eugene and Laura, Austin and Keenan, their family. As he said, we got to know them 14 years ago when the Lord placed a call in our lives to move from um, Ohio to Seattle, Washington, where we only had known one person. But God had a purpose and God had a plan, and we're grateful that the Lord allows us to reestablish Teen Challenge that had a 12-year absence in that greater Seattle region. And um, for 10 years we did that, and now we're with the Better Life Mission. And so the Lord's been good to us, and we're so thankful for his faithfulness and his goodness toward our lives. Also, um, my brother-in-law and his wife, Diane Myron, and their son, would you please stand? They, they live in Ohio, but they're, yes. It, it just so worked out that uh, they were down here vacation at this time, and I guess they're going to move down in some area in Florida uh, since he's retired, and, and so and we happen to be here for the Association of Gospel Rescue Missions uh, there on International Drive, where a lot of missions around the United States come together, and, uh, and I asked Pastor Eugene, I said, hey, I'd like to come by and blow my trumpet if I could, and he was so gracious to allow and afford us this opportunity, so thank you so very much. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for all of your goodness and love to all, all, all of our lives. We thank you for the good work that you're doing here at City Church at both campuses. We thank you that we're able to be a part. Thank you for the fine leadership that the Smiths offer, Lord God, and thank you for the call of God on their life to come here in this Florida area and plant a church. Thank you, Father, for uh, the leadership team here and all those that serve here in any and every capacity. And we thank you, Lord God, for everyone that's here this morning. Bless our time together. We pray that it would be fruitful. We decree it will be fruitful. And we thank you. You're in the business of changing lives. We thank you, Lord. We're on kingdom business. Your assignment. May the will of God be accomplished in our hearts and lives this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you open up your Bibles to Luke's gospel? While you open, they're going to show a few pictures. I, I believe they're going to show a few pictures of the uh, of, of just, uh, just a few. I, my director of operations asked him to send a few pictures, and he sent a lot of pictures. Well, we only needed to see a few. But that's the mission, okay, that's the front entrance of the mission. We're there, the mission is 120, the building is 122 years uh, of age, that's a volunteer, something we're doing there. A few more photos there. Um, okay, that's a graduation there. Uh, hold on, that's the, every, every year we have, uh, you're not forgotten. We've been doing that for the last four years, honoring our, our veterans, those that have served in any capacity, uh, for our freedoms, and we certainly appreciate all the veterans and veterans that are here that have served. And so we have the color guard there, and we have, uh, well, well, we sort of moved back. Can we just move back a little bit? There, thank you so much. And so um, Jim Horsley, a retired naval pilot, uh, uh, you know, he was there last 
year and, and shared on Memorial Day. And we can go to the next one. The next one will be enough. We'll stop at the next one. There we go. So, and every year we do a feeding. And so last year we fed 2,200 people uh, that day. And yes, that day. And, and, and it was, and our theme is you're not forgotten. Let them know you're not forgotten. And God has a purpose. God has a plan. And um, we're going to have our fifth Memorial Day service, you're not forgotten, on uh, Memorial Day, the 28th, a week from Monday. So we're so thankful for the good work that God's doing there at our mission. And also we serve um, not only as the mission director, but also we have a for-profit called Heroes. That's lunches that we deliver throughout the city that our men in the program make, and that's a uh, and that's to give them culinary skills, job skills. And we partnership with World Vision, and that's been a good partnership for the last almost three years now. The Lord's opened that door, and uh, the CEO, uh, Rich Stern, he's going to uh, be a speaker at our banquet this year there in Seattle. But so God's doing some great things there, and we're so appreciative of that. So let us go in our Bibles to uh, the Gospel Court in St. Luke, chapter 10. Can we put that up, please? If you're there, say amen. Okay. In in reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. When he fell in the hands of robbers, they stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Leave it there for a moment. Sometimes you don't have to look for trouble. Sometimes trouble finds you. And this man was going down his way, but there were highwaymen there, people. It was a dangerous uh, stretch of travel, and people lay there in wait to do people some harm. And we see what happened to this man. They stripped him of his clothes. They beat him, went away, leaving him half dead, and we can go on. A priest happened to be going down that same road, the same road, religious person, priest. And when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. A priest, church folk, people that know the Lord, passed by. It's interesting how that, uh, I wonder if the priest would have had an audience. Would he have done something just to be seen by man? But nevertheless, the Bible says he passed by. And there was a second person. So to a Levite, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by the other side. Let's go on. But a Samaritan, who had no dealings with Jews, look what happens. As he traveled, he came where the man was. Isn't that what church is all about? Meeting people? Touching people? Making a difference with people's lives? He traveled and came to where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, poured on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, his own mode of transportation, if you will. Took him to an inn and took care of him. That seems like love. That seems like caring. That seems like the kingdom business, all right? The next day, he took out two 
silver coins and gave it to the innkeeper. And he said to the innkeeper, look after him. And he said, and when I return, in other words, I'm coming back this way again, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. You want a true picture of what the church ought to be like? We get it from the Samaritan person that went there. So the title of my message is really this morning, the question. Who is your neighbor? Who is your neighbor? When I speak of neighbor, uh, uh, who's your neighbor? I'm not speaking necessarily about the person that lives next door to you. I'm speaking of the people we come in contact with Perhaps on our job. Perhaps at our, our, at our bank, the favorite bank teller. Perhaps at your hairstylist. Or your favorite sales associate. Or your favorite barista at your favorite coffee shop. And the list goes on and on and on. Who's your neighbor? Then we must ask ourselves, God, why am I really, really here on planet Earth? Is it just to suck up oxygen? Work a job? Make money when I die, leave money to someone, and I go on with life? No, I believe that God's called us to something much higher than that. Because the Word of God says, the only thing that you can take out of this life is the sheaves, souls that you come in contact with and made a difference in their lives. You can't take, you brought nothing out in, honey, you'll take nothing out. No matter what your last name is, you whatever what you made down here, it doesn't translate to going over on the other side. So God's called us to make a difference. And and then and so I, allow me to I maybe this maybe if it's still gonna be a little graphic for you, just hold your ears now so we get through this. But 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 for men, we we've done this. I won't say ladies necessarily, but men we've done this. Have you ever had snot? On your hands. Come on, somebody. Don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. I mean, they have it here in Florida, too. Come on. It just dries faster. That's all. All right. Have you ever had snot on your hands and didn't have a place to wipe it off on? And you get snot on your hands. And, you know, if you when you you just try to shake it. And sometimes you just can't get that snot off your hands. And I'm saying to you. That God allows us to come in contact with people that has snot on their hands. And God expects for us to minister to them. And sometimes you'll never get them to part out your life. You can't get the snot off your hands. God's DNA is dealing with people who are unlovable, undesirable in the world's eyes. For God said, he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, even for those that have snot on their hands. And sometimes the snot won't go any place. Sometimes you try to shake snot in a loop back over your fingers. I hope you can handle this. And that's what happens in life. Because even with people that I minister to at the mission, and some of them have snot on their hands. I come in clean sometime and dressed and have meetings maybe two hours later. And someone say, hey, preacher, hey, Rev, hey, Willie, you know, how you doing, man? And they want to hug you. And I know they didn't sleep in our mission necessarily last night, perhaps. Or maybe, maybe not. But they may have slept under the bridge. But they come in our day shelter to get the coffee, the donuts, the food, to have a hot lunch and so forth and so on. And they want to give you a hug. 
Huh? Now I got not all on my hands and all on my clothes. But understand something. I must be bigger than snot. Huh? I must live bigger because these clothes, if I wear them long enough, they'll get old. These clothes, if I wear them long enough, they'll go out of style. If I keep them long enough, they'll come back around in style. But nevertheless, I can do something about this because this is temporal. Souls are eternal. And God's called us to make a difference in people's lives. There's sometimes people, won't, they won't look like you, they won't act like you, they won't talk like you, they won't dress like you. Huh? And they may not like to eat the same thing you like to eat, but they're people that Jesus died for, and God expects us to love them in spite of them. That's our neighbor. That's our neighbor. My neighbor is not always someone that looks like me, talks like me, walks like me, acts like me. My neighbor is someone that may be totally different from me, that God has a place reserved for them in the kingdom, but want to use me as a light and a witness to tell them about Christ. God's called us to make a difference. And God will use you to make a difference. And never let us, let us look down our nose at people because they don't have what we have. Or they don't live on the right side of the tracks or live on the wrong side of the tracks. Because had it not for the, been for the grace of God, there go I. And thank God for people. And many of our neighbors, they're our next church leaders. Some of your neighbors may be your next worship band, your next person to play the guitar or the drums. And you, you never know who God, God puts in your life. And sometimes God will place the person in your life. And you just can't get them out of your life because God's placed in your life for a season. And they may just be totally different from you. And it feels like snot on your hands. And I'm saying stop shaking the snot off your hands. Begin to embrace what God sent your way. to make a difference. <clears throat> you see, let us keep winning. Let us keep reaching. Let us keep stretching. And sometimes love stretches itself. You have to reach out and stretch for the things of God. The woman that had issued blood for... Twelve long years, she had to reach out and stretch to touch the hem of his garment. And life will cause you to stretch. And if you live life long enough, life will even change you. But let me say this. Sometimes stuff happens in the middle of life. In the middle of you doing life, stuff happens. You didn't ask for it. You didn't sign up for it. You didn't pray for it. It just came your way. But now you have to deal with it. Now what type of attitude am I going to have when I deal with all of this? I'm going to understand this here, that God has a purpose and God has a plan. Let me say this. Many of us see God through the rearview mirror. Stay with me. Many of us, we see God through the rearview mirror. After something's happened, we say, wow. A year later, six months later, after you go through the crisis, after you go through the trial, after you go through the challenge, whatever it may be, you say, you can look back and say, God was in that. Has that happened to anybody? Well, let me take you to another level. God not only does it, God doesn't want us to see him all the time through the river mirror. God wants to see God wants us to see him through the windshield. What I mean by that, in the midst of where you have to say, God, you're in this. Your hands in this. The steps of a good man are order of the Lord, and he delighted in his way. God, how did I get here? How, I ordered your steps. It may not look good, but my Bible tells me, for we know, Romans 8, 28, that all things work together for Not all, listen. Not all things are good necessarily, but all things what? Oh, come on, you can do better than that. Can I get a little support? 
Thank you. They work together. In other words, God works a little this, 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 and little this. Like he took a little this, a little this, a little this, and made women. And Adam said, wow. Rib of my rib bones. And so here's what happened. All things work together for what? Good. To them that what? Love God and called according to his purpose. So God has a way of working things out. While you're trying to figure it out, God is working it out. All right? And let me say this here. Whoever, <coughs> whoever has your ear has your future. Think about that one. Whoever has your ear has your future. If you listen to negativity all day long, that has your future. You listen to the reason why you cannot make it all day long, it has your future. Whoever has your ear, if I give my ear to God, God has my future. For faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Whoever has your ear has your future. If has your future, they can speak in your life. God has my ear, and he's able to speak in my life. And the Bible says, he that formed the ear, can he not hear? He that made the eye, can he not see? God has everything under control. We need to walk in the things of God. And understand that God, you're for me. And so, when you go through a difficult time, what you need to do, you need to just show the enemy your spiritual resume. You've been through some stuff. You have some scars to prove it. You have some internal scars. You have some battle scars. I've been through some stuff. You need to show him your spiritual resume. Let the devil know your resume. You know what David said. Hey, God help me with the lion and the bear and so forth and so on. And surely God will deliver me from the hands of this uncircumcised Philistine, Goliath. He, he began to recount and think about and ponder his resume. God, you're with me then. You're with me now. You're with me here. Jesus Christ, the same today, yesterday, and forevermore. We serve a God that does not change. Hallelujah. That's Pastor Ed. I'm the Lord and I change not. Oh, we change. God never changes. God's still the same. He's still on the throne. He still has all power. He still takes us from victory to victory. He's still out shadow out of the God this morning enough. He's still the I am that I am. He's still the God that can open a door that can't no man close. He can close the door that the strongest man cannot open. He's still Jehovah Jireh. He's still your Jehovah Jireh. He still has your ram in the bush. But you need to understand who is your neighbor. And I need to receive my neighbor with gladness. And let her stand, God, you have a purpose and a plan for their life like you have a purpose and a plan for my life. And I'm going to bless people in spite of they curse me. I'm still going to bless them. Oh, we must stand up for what's right. I understand that. But understand something. If heaven was all about people that look like me, act like me, talk like me, it'd be born heaven. But these are they that laid their gowns down, their robes down from every nation, kindred, tribe, and tongue. God's in the business of touching people's lives and changing people's lives. That heaven can be populated. <coughs> God's in that business. You see, God will heal the broken chapters in your life. When you begin to do good deeds for other people, it's going to come back unto you. The Bible says, and let me paraphrase it, if you give a cup of water to a thirsty traveler, you won't lose your reward. It's my part. It's my business to do what I can do. God does what I cannot do. I'm going to bless people, not curse them. 
I'm a bless, I said, I'm a bless him and not curse him. I'm going to show the Christ-like in me, the one that's brought me out of darkness, into this marvelous life, that I am in Christ and I'm a new creation. Old things are passing away and behold, all things are becoming new. And life is exciting because of Jesus who lives in me, who touched my life. And I want other people's lives to be touched and changed. See, <clears throat> I look at my life and where it's been, and I stand today by the grace of God. If I wouldn't tell you what I'm getting ready to tell you in less than how many minutes, Pastor? A couple minutes? Uh, you never know it. The Lord saved me in the mid-70s. Got saved to Teen Challenge Ministry. Ninety-four. My grandmother, she, on, on October 5th, she'd be 95 years old. Praying, grab the pray me in the kingdom of God. But before then, you know what? I was like snot. But she asked her pastor, a Baptist pastor, Baptist Costner, to come see about her boy. I was in a mental hospital from heroin, cocaine, and morphine, in and out of trouble, in and out of jail. But grandmother didn't give up on me when I gave up on myself. And that man came there, Melvin H. Parker came and told me about Christ. When I was smoking cigarettes, burning holes all in my clothes, and getting medicated with Thorazine and walking like this. And they called it the Thorazine shuffle. You just shuffled your feet. And now today I can walk, I can leap, I can jump. Hallelujah. Because of the grace of God. Because of the grace of God. But I'm quite certain that Baptist pastor saw me all messed up and it was like snot on his hands. But he understood, you are my neighbor. And I'm going to do what I can to deliver the gospel message unto you. And that's been 30 plus years ago. And here I stand today by the grace of Almighty God. Set free by the power of the Spirit of the living God. Who's your neighbor? He's made a difference. And then God gives me a way that if you put marijuana in my hand, she would know what it was. Raised in a Christian home. Only God can have that type of sense of humor. That never got involved with that type of stuff. Oh, she needed Jesus, but never got involved. And here, the Lord gives us two beautiful kids. And I have a, we have a six-year-old grandson. And God put me in my right mind. And we'll celebrate 35 years of marriage this December 11th. <laughs> I, I, know, I know what you're thinking. She robbed the cradle. You're right. God will deal with her. But, but that happens. But I'm saying to you, only God, only God can do these type of things. Only God. When I was disgusted, busted, and couldn't be trusted, God lifted me up and put me on the street called straight and changed my life inside out for his glory and his honor. But in the midst of that, somebody had to get snot on their hands. When the pastor was taking me, Pastor Eugene, up to Teen Challenge, I'll do this, I'll do this part, I'll probably do this part in like 30 seconds in tongues. You know, when, you know, when God was, when the, when Melvin Parker was taking me from Youngstown, Ohio, to Cleveland, Ohio, to Teen Challenge, when he said it's a Teen Challenge ministry bill, and they, about Jesus, so forth and so on, I said, I'm, I'm not a teenager, I'm in my 20s. He said, no, he explained it all to me. He said, they have one bed left, and so forth. And I'll never forget, he took me in his daughter's 1972, it was a Dodge Charger, a Challenger. And we go up, and you couldn't smoke in the program, and here I am, I'm in, this, in the wintertime in December, going to, from Youngstown to Cleveland, Ohio, about 65 miles. I'm blowing smoke all in the car. Windows aren't down, you know. And it probably felt, he never said, but it probably felt like snot on his hands. Smoking all in the car, on my suit, on my clothes, and everything else. You know, and I'm 
half high because I had a, a drop over from the night before and everything. But he saw I had a big issue. My issue, I was lost. And I needed Christ. And he loved me. And that was my neighbor. As I close, God is more than just your social media, Facebook and Twitter account. God doesn't have to check his email to know what's happening with you. Night and day are just apps to God. God has you on his scope. The song says, never would have made it. Never could have made it without you. Who's your neighbor? And sometimes you can't get the snot off your hands. It's it about your heads. <coughs> who is your neighbor? Lord, who is our neighbor? Can we ask the Lord? God's put someone in your believer. You've been a believer for two days. You have a mission. And that's to share what you know about Christ with someone else. And that's been the call of City Church. That's why we came here from Seattle, Washington, to reach our neighbors for Christ. And God's speaking to you today. Who is your neighbor? Who is the person that God's put into your sphere of influence in your work, your neighborhood? Who is our neighbor as a church collectively? Not just individually, but also collectively. The Holy Spirit's speaking to us today about reaching beyond our borders, reaching out into our, our community. Lord, I thank you that you are, you are allowing us today to hear this challenge again. It's uncomfortable, Lord, at times. We thank you that you have come to save us. Thank you that we all have a story in this room today. God, that you're speaking to us in a new dimension. <coughs> A new passion for people. A love for people that don't know you, Christ. That don't know you, Jesus. God, I thank you that you're knocking on the doors of our heart today. You're here this morning. and Maybe you don't know this, Jesus. We want you to know that we love you. We believe that God really loves you. Maybe you've walked into the doors of this building today and your life hasn't been changed. Your life hasn't been transformed by the power of God. I want you to know that God loves you today. And today is the day for you. Today is the day for you to experience with Pastor Willie. Maybe you're not at that place. Maybe, well, I don't do that. And I don't do those things. But you still need a Savior. You still need forgiveness of your sins. You still need someone to bring you into right relationship with God. And there's no one looking right now. This first invitation is to you. You're in this room right now. And you know that your life isn't right with God. And you sense Him. He's knocking on the door of your heart. He said, hey... I want to come into your life. I want to change your heart, but you've got to open it up. You've got to receive me. And if that's you this morning, we're not going to embarrass you today, but we are going to pray with you. And if you're here, when I count, by the time I count to three, if you could just signify by lifting up your hand that you want to enter into this relationship with Christ. You want to know more about this Jesus that we're talking about today. We're going to pray with you in just a moment. But if that's you, when I count to three this morning, I'm going to have you raise your hand. One, two, three. If there's anyone in the room right now, anyone in this room right now, your relationship with the Lord isn't where it should be. All right. For the believers that are here this morning, God's speaking to your heart about who is your neighbor, about taking just a, a, a bigger step and reaching out into your sphere of influence. 
If you're willing to join with me this morning, along with Pastor Will, you're willing to join with me as a church family and say, God, we're available. We're available, Lord, to that person who maybe seemed to be unlovely or, or difficult or challenged in my life. But God, I'm willing to take another step, Lord, to allowing that person into my life to minister to them, to be used of you. If you're willing today to allow God to use you in a greater way, just lift your hand with me this morning. We want to come into an agreement. Is that you this morning? Amen. All across this room. Amen. Can we stand together this morning? (coughs) I want you to take your hand and place it upon your heart this morning. In your own words, right where you're at, the Holy Spirit speaking to you about your neighbor about the person that's in your sphere sphere of influence that needs the love of God could be the waitress that you're going to meet today at the restaurant the grocery store when you go shopping tomorrow your co-worker that sits next to you that's going through a really challenging time right now God wants you to be that vessel it's a simple word of kindness a simple act of love The Samaritan was willing to give his time and his talent and his treasures. He was willing to do what the master asked him to do. He was the one that demonstrated the love of the Father. Lord, today I thank you for every person that's here today that raised their hand and said, God, we want to take the next step with you. God, we're asking right now for your favor, your blessing. We thank you that you are touching your people today. Jesus, we love you so much. I pray that you'll increase our circle of love capacity to be a blessing here at City Church. In your wonderful and mighty name, the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. I'm going to have Pastor Willie come. And Pastor, I want to just talk to you just for a moment about what's taking place at the Bread of Life. And, and uh, today we want to receive a special, you can just be seated just for a moment. We want to receive a special offering for your ministry. Why don't you tell us what God's leading you to do? And, and how many how many men or how many people do you guys minister to on a daily basis? Oh, daily basis. Over 300 people every single day that you guys allow snot to get on your hands. Every single day. Tell us some of the kind of things that you do at, at the Bread of Life Ministry. Well, we have a day shelter. Our day shelter is open up from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Monday through Friday. And uh, men and women are, are moving men's shelter as far as sleeping quarters are concerned. But men and women are welcome to come in. Uh, no cost to them. They have pastries uh, there. They're able to uh, have coffee. And at lunch, they're able to have a hot lunch Monday through Friday. And then there's dinner served in the evening time. There's chapel in the evening time. There's dinner as well. And at night, we sleep over 130 men in our building. And in this shelter, we also have a program, a Christian discipleship program, eight-month program called Life Change. Life Change. And that's that's for people that have life-controlling issues. And uh, you're trying to help them get to the next step. Exactly. And some of those have overnight guests or daytime shelter guests that said, "I'm, I'm tired of living the life I'm living, the way I'm living, I want to, I want to, I want my life to change. I want to change. They may enter our life change program. So, and God's been speaking to your heart about taking the next step in your ministry. Talk to us a little bit about the, that next step. The next step is to move the men out of the building, the program men, the life change program, out of that building there. And this building, this building now at 97 South Main becomes shelter beds and veteran beds. And we move the men off so uh, they can have a greater success, a greater opportunity, a uh, different environment, uh, because they're right there. So what it looks like is that the shelter guests, uh, overnight guests, they may be in a dorm on the third floor, and right, the only thing that separates them and the other guys, the door, bedroom door from our, our, our program guys, they share the same bathroom, so forth. It gives them opportunity to have a greater success, and so we're, uh, we want to raise funds to get a building so they can have their own building. 
Awesome. So this morning we're going to partner with you. We believe in your ministry. About seven years ago when we first came to this building, Pastor Willie came and preached. And while he was preaching, he said, the Lord just told me that I was going to give you an offering. He actually gave us, he was Teen Challenge Director in Seattle. He gave us a gift of $5,000 and so towards this building here where you're sitting today. And so today we're going to take just an opportunity to give back to your ministry. Can we do that? Our issues are going to come. You can make the check out the City Church, and then we'll write one check to Bread of Life. I want you just to pray about what the Lord would have you to do. We're going to be a blessing to Pastor Willie this morning as a church family. If you guys could prepare to give at this time, again, just make your check out here, however you want to do that, to the City Church, and we'll write one check to Pastor Willie. Father, we thank you for bringing Pastor Willie and Cheryl all the way from Seattle to challenge us again. We thank you for the ministry and the mission. God, that you have called them to, to bring your love to the, the city of Seattle. And God, we thank you that we can partner from coast to coast. We thank you from coast to coast, the love of God can flow. Father, we pray great blessing. We thank, thank you for miracles, for divine favor upon Willie and Cheryl as they go back, God, that you'll bring the right people, the right connections. And we thank you that we can sow a seed and do our part. God, we bless your people today. We bless your people as they give towards this ministry. Thank you for the generosity of City Church in your wonderful day. Amen. God bless you as you give this morning.